Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, this is Drea. This is Jackie. And we are coming back for another episode. Killer cocktails. Because you can't bring us down. No, I don't know that anyone tried. No, no one has. <laughs> Y'all are so nice. <laughs> so Thank nice. You. Um, so this week we are drinking kind of a weird combination of drinks. We're doing... You know how... Uh, so hybrid is kind of the word. Oh, okay. that we It's a hybrid between yeah, yeah, two yeah. different drinks. And it made me think of how there are um, hybrid bees. Oh, well, they don't know what we're drinking yet, Jackie. Oh, why don't you tell us? Okay, so we are drinking a hybrid of the king bee and the honey bee convenient yes jackie would you like to continue with your thought that was kind of the end of it okay perfect <laughs> i i knew the tie with bees and so i made a like a hybrid beach yeah, remember yeah. when killer bees it was like killer bees are gonna oh, get us all uh-huh. yeah and they were a hybrid bee uh-huh. that was but jackie now it's a we're bunch of smoke be, a bunch we, of bee smoke we're gonna be the end of bees now <sighs> i know we're the oh our generation like yeah. people humans yeah. are gonna yeah bees are endangered can uh-huh. I, I'm gonna, whew, I'm gonna like open my soul up right now. Yeah, do it, Jackie. I was driving with my sister. Mm-hmm. We were coming up from Bishop, California, headed up the 395. We were, you know, on our way to Reno to cut over and get back to the bay. And we're driving, I think, my mom's little Mazda protege, mm-hmm. a little tiny, silly car. And we're driving along, and then just all of a sudden, like, <sighs> the whole windshield covered, can't see anything. Oh, no. And we go, ah, and we like pull over. We had, while driving down the highway, hit a swarm of bees oh. that was traveling on its way. Yeah. We had all the windows down. Like, bees were in the car. Bees were on the windshield. Ah. It was Bee Town, USA. Oh, no. And we were both scared of the bee. Like, we pulled over and we're like, ah, and like, ran away from the car. And we're like, yeah. bees. It was like, was the Tom Black Sheep, Tommy White, one of those movies. Um, but then it settles in that you, you killed a whole swarm of bees. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't. Yeah, you can't yeah, swerve away from a swarm of yeah, bees. Yeah, but they do pollinate but I, crops. And, you know, yeah. that goes on my life list if I kill uh, the swarm of bees. I once killed an owl in an accident with my car. No, no, don't do that face. I was on the way back from Big Sur. Don't you do that face. <laughs> I redact my face. Okay, perfect. Um, that was a big one. Back to the drink, because that's why you all are here. You're here for booze and murder. And stories. It's another Tuesday night. All right, so let me Mon- tell you. Monday night for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, hashtag Monday. You don't know. You don't know. It's actually Wednesday for us right These now. episodes are live. <laughs> it's not Tuesday. Wow. Um, okay, so what we did was we looked at the King Bee and we're like, bam. That's the drink. Our Looks intern great. was like, yo, Earth Day is coming up. We should do an Earth Day drink. So we're like, cool, pick us something. She's like, boom, King Bee. And we're like, uh, love it. So I went to go pick up everything and got the London Dry Gin. Boom. Got the fresh lemon, the honey syrup, and then there's this beautiful thing called St. George Basil et Duve. And nice job. Thank you. I That was probably completely wrong, but there you go. And I went to, this is the big liquor store in town. The good one. They got everything, and they're amazing. And they have a the little dog. I, I love them. Um, anywho, I go there, and they're like, we don't have that. We have all this other stuff. And this is in the absinthe family, apparently. So Ooh. it's infused with basil. And it gives it that earthy kind of tone to it. Um, but I went in and they had other St. George's and they were all 65 and up a bottle. Spendy. So I King love, George? I love y'all, but there's no way I'm going to spend that much on a bottle of liquor. So we then turned to the honeybee recipe. And this one is uh, dark rum, honey syrup, and lemon. And we tried that, and that was like all right. But then we're like, mm, we have this basil still. We bought that basil. So we put some basil in there. And that was delicious. So this is a honeybee with some basil. Yeah, this is a king bee and a honeybee, and they had a baby. Yeah, a baby bee for Earth Day. Which can I? So what? When is Earth Day? It's today. For them listening, but <laughs> it's April twenty second. No, that's wrong. No, it is. Earth Day is every day. Oh my god. <laughs> the worst i am <laughs> yes jackie every day is every day, day is worth day. oh my god um so quickly back to the cocktail how do you like this cocktail i really like it oh see that like very hint of basil 
The basil is a good addition. And you guys, I'm not a big honey fan, but this is honey syrup. So you do three to one oh, honey to water. You are not a honey fan? Stop it. That's an intense flavor. <laughs> we never got back to your story about spices. We'll talk about that. Like, Listen, when I order a hamburger, I just want meat. <laughs> bun and ketchup i'm okay i'm not gonna shit get your shit lettuce off my burger i'm not gonna give you a hard time about it because you're talking to someone who loves pb's no j i get it and i ordered burgers that way for a very like i didn't want the because ketchup's an intense flavor i didn't want the ketchup in there (laughs) i wanted ketchup the meat (laughs) the meat meat patty cheese but like yeah because everything else is detracting from the flavor of meat the meat yeah so i get i get where your head's at me an aioli i'm about it no, I still I still will order in and out now. I'll order it the way you're supposed to. Yeah. But every once in a while, I get the How little... How are you supposed to? With all the stuff on oh, it. Oh, yeah. But every like once that, in a while, I get a they... little tension. I love a good plain cheeseburger. I know that makes me a child. Yeah. But I... I I hear you. I'm about it. I hear you clucking big chicken and I'm there. <laughs> when we came back from the work event in Washington, mm-hmm. I like pulled over like it was crazy. I pulled up with everybody and we went to lunch together and I like ordered a burger and I was like, listen. I just want... I'm going to need you guys to not get me static about this. <laughs> I was like, you know this cheeseburger with bacon? I want this cheeseburger with bacon without cheese, and then I want you to hold all the vegetables. And she's like, so you just want the meat, the bacon, and the bun? I was yeah. like, yes. And Jake just looks at me like... I mean, it sounds good. What the fuck, dude? And I was like, dude, this is what I want. <laughs> yeah. Don't judge me. I'm sorry. I, I can handle the other stuff from a peer pressure standpoint, mm-hmm. um, but I respect that order. I'm just going to leave it on the plate. And I know we're ridiculous for that, but I <laughs> respect it. Thank you. All right. So overall, I would highly recommend this cocktail. I would too. Um, don't do the St. George blah, 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 voodoo. Um, just <laughs> leave that for another day. You know what? If you're made of money and, you know, gold doubloons are banging around in your pocket, yeah. go for it. Do it. Give us a Put call. us every day, folks. Let's hang out. <laughs> Um, so that was the cocktail. Let me tell you about Earth Day. Because you guys, the reason why we picked this cocktail is you because of Earth Day. Surprise me with these surprise yeah. facts about the day. I'm Yay. excited to learn about Earth Day, which is technically every day. All right. All right. So the first Earth Day celebrations took place in nineteen seventy. I was gonna guess in the seventies. Were you? Because it it's the seventies. You know. Yeah. Not it's, only is it the time of the prime, mm-hmm. but it's a very earth conscious time. Yeah, and it's the beginning. It's the peak, it's the tip actually mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. earth <laughs> of the seventies. Um so Earth Day celebrations. We're talking about 2,000 colleges and universities, roughly 10,000 primary and secondary schools, and hundreds of communities across the United States are participating in this first Earth Day. Boom. It's rad. More importantly, it brought 20 million Americans out into the spring sunshine for peaceful demonstrations in favor of environmental reform. So it's rad. Uh, it is now observed in 192 countries. and um, Oh, it's spread. Oh, it's spread. And coordinated by the nonprofit Earth Day Network. And it's chaired by the first Earth Day organizer, Dennis Hayes, according to whom Earth Day is now the largest secular holiday in the world. Really? Celebrated by more than a billion people every year. I am impressed by its scope. Isn't that rad? Yeah. Um, environmental groups have sought to make Earth Day into a day of action to change human behavior and provoke policy changes. I like it. Boom. Jackie, what can we do to celebrate Earth Day? We can opt out of driving our cars for the day. We can ride your bike. You can take, you know, like a transportation system mm-hmm. with other mm-hmm. people. A bus, if you will. Um, we can... <laughs> a scooter, if you're so inclined. <laughs> Hop on, little Timmy. We're going for a ride. <laughs> you can recycle. You can reinvest in reu- reusable coffee cups and straws. Mm-hmm. These can... K-cups, man, there are greener options to the K-cup. Yeah, They've got you can get really recyclable ones. ones. Yeah. Um, or, you, yeah. You can just get outside and enjoy nature. Mm-hmm. You get BYO grocery bag. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. And then, I don't know, try being a flexitarian and cut down on some meat consumption. Mm-hmm. So there's some... There's some options out there if you want to help celebrate the earth and get us back to a good place. My sister was a vegetarian for a little bit and we were going, I think this was when I was on my sabbatical. So I knew she was going to come. So I bought a bunch of like vegetarian options to like keep in the cooler for the parts that she was with me. And I was impressed by, and and slowly like you'll encounter more vegetarians and vegans within your life and they'll make delicious meals for you. We're Mm -hmm. like, I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, but I really appreciate that meal. Yeah. So I will definitely incorporate that into – I'll make vegetarian meals for myself and vegan meals for myself. And yeah. 
You do in a flexitarian Just because they're tasty. Yeah. Get some more veggies. And it's just good for your health, too. Yeah. Not you do just feel, you feel like you're not only like you accomplished something. <laughs> <laughs> I eat my veggies, guys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is. Oh, and then if you're wondering about the history of this cocktail, couldn't find jack shit about it. So. It's the B lobby. <laughs> it's the B lobby. The B lobby's behind it. Uh, so just know it's tasty. Um, some people invented it. Invented it. And it was great. I'm going to speak out of the side of my head right now. Do it. Uh, there is an idea that uh, if you have allergies, mm-hmm. that consuming local honeys can help curb some of the symptoms. Oh. Because if it's local bees that are pollinating the local stuff and you're eating that honey, somehow science. That's like if you <laughs> – that's <laughs> science. That's if you are – eating local crops and meats and stuff yeah because like a lot of it is yeah the idea is that you're getting some of that yeah that's a cool little trick you know jackie before we jump into the murder yeah i kind of wanted to shout out our listeners they're great they're amazing we're not gonna shout at them we're gonna shout out (gasps) them because sometimes our level our spike levels owie owie yeah yeah sorry about that guys um but We've been looking at the data, and I just kind of wanted to shout out the five top states and five top cities that have been listening to us in the United States. Can I guess the five top states? <gasps> Fun. Yes. Go. Okay. California. Yes. Oregon. Yes. Missouri. No. Oh. Why would you say Missouri? Yeah. Oh, actually, it's number six. That's Ooh. crazy. How did you know that? Because I looked a long time oh, ago, okay. and I saw some Missouri creeping <laughs> up. Um Missouri, thank you. Now I'm uh, Washington. No, yeah, yeah. Texas, yes. One more. Massachusetts, no. New York. Mm. All right, you guys. If you're from California, Oregon, Texas, Washington, New York, and Missouri, why not? Y'all are our top six states listening to us, and that is rad. Thank you so Thank you. much. And just because I love data, we're gonna go into cities now. Do you, <laughs> do you want to guess? I love data. Yeah, let's go for it. You gonna guess? I'm not gonna guess. Okay, okay. That's too hard. We got Portland, Los Angeles, Bend, Oregon, San Francisco, and New York. Yeah, New York, New York. And just because I want to, Canada, Ontario, British Columbia, and Saskatchewan. I see you. I mm-hmm. see you. Listen to us. Thanks, man. UK, East Riding of Yorkshire. Still holding you strong. You are coming out strong. Thank you. And then we got Belfast. And then we got a crazy name I don't even know how to say. Say it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Gluckstershire. Yes. Gluckstershire. I <laughs> <laughs> look at it. You know? Yeah, I don't know how to say that. Okay. You know Gloucestershire. Who, you know who you are and thank you. You y'all, live in a cool town. Y'all are your rad. weird. Thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for telling your friends about us and your family, even though they don't want to hear true crime anymore. No. But we do. So talk to us. Yeah. Come at us. Thank you, guys. All right, Jackie. Murder. Speaking of murder. Time. Are you going to tell me about some murder? All right. So on October 23rd, 2012. All right. Recently. Vanessa Honey Malone. Is that your tie? That's my tie. Yeah. We need to figure that out. (laughs) Vanessa Honey Malone. um, So she gets off work. Her mom picks her up. Uh, Her mom's name is Flora. Flora Malone. Uh, Honey is 18, still living at home. Uh, Her mom picks her up, takes her back. And she's kind of talking about how tired she is. Like, so this is Honey talking about how tired she is after her day at work. Okay. Then she kind of abruptly is like, hey, I'm going out. I'll be back later, which is not abnormal for her to go out at night. But her mom, it kind of struck her mom as odd given how she'd been talking about how tired she was. Yeah. So obviously some sort of phone call would come in, some sort of text. She'd been alerted in some capacity where she's like, hey, I'm going to go out. Something is obviously drawing her out of the house. Um, so then sometime later, her mom hears what she thinks is fireworks coming from the apartment complex next door. Okay. Then all of a sudden there is like really hectic knocking at her front door. So the mom goes down. She answers the door. It is uh, this guy. So there's two men at the door. One of them is Honey's Mm ex-boyfriend. His last name, he's DeKevin. And his friend Chris. So DeKevin and Chris are banging on the front door. The mom answers the door. And they proceed to tell her that something has happened to Honey. Okay. So... 
they go and the these two dudes live at the apartment complex next door so the mom calls her sister so when all the noises had happened her mom had called honey and had called her sister and was like hey i hear these noises are you girls okay and that's like a normal thing for her to do when honey didn't pick up her mom was just like oh she's like with people she didn't think anything of it but then these guys come they're knocking on the door they're like something happened to honey so then she goes over there's police everywhere and the two guys know what happened because they were in the apartment yeah but it takes them until about 2.30 in the morning for police to confirm the story. So they interview the two guys and it's not until middle of the night that they tell the mother that Honey has died. Oh, no. And it's still not really known what happened. Yeah. So this is in Georgia. This is in, I think, Stone Mountain is the name of the town. So something draws Honey over to – and she walks over because her mom – I guess that she doesn't have a car because her mom picked her up from work, brings mm-hmm. her back. She gets a text or a phone call. She heads over – like walks down the street, heads over to this apartment. And that's where she her destination was? She wasn't like going out, out? No one really knows. Okay. But that's where she's found. Okay. So her ex, so she's headed to her ex-boyfriend's house and his roommate friend is home. Okay. Those two, the story that they tell is that the house, the apartment gets broken into and there are, I think, three to six masked people. Ninjas. Ninjas. Sure, yeah. Break in. And that they're being ro- – so that they're tied up, being held at gunpoint, tied up, and that they're, like, in a bathroom, I think, is the story. Uh-huh. And they hear a scream and gunshots in the other room. They free themselves from their ties, and they go out, and they find Honey shot at her body like she's dead in a closet. Mm-hmm. That's the story. Sure. They so the story is that these masked people were robbing them and had tied them up and set them in the bathroom and that they were being robbed. And the story the police are saying that they say to Flora, to her mom, is that this was a that Honey had come upon a robbery in progress Mm -hmm. and that whatever transpired, that they killed her and then they took off. But the only thing stolen is Honey's cell phone. Mm hmm. Nothing else in this whole apartment. Yeah. No money, no TV, nothing. Yeah. And there's kind of two ways, I think, to look at that is what people are saying is either the story's kind of hogwash. Yeah. Or it also sounds like drugs are involved. Yeah. And then if you're robbing someone, they're not going to say they stole all my drugs. Yeah. So they didn't take your TV, they didn't take everything else, but you got robbed of any cash that was lying around mm-hmm. that you don't want to talk about and any drugs and the... So both of those seem plausible but to me. Why this... would they take her phone? Exactly. Unless they texted her to have And her why come was over. she going so yeah. like so the police kinda consider it open but close. Like mm-hmm. they're kinda like not really looking Semi-truth. into it. So the family is still like I found articles that were like, Hey, five years later we're still talking about this, six years later we're still talking about this. Um the family's really pushing and they're hoping that because some evidence, um, some D- DNA evidence was found, either like br- blood – what I don't know is like blood droplets or sweat droplets or whatever it is. But they're hoping that DNA and testing will catch up and be able to – I think phenotype is uh, what I was reading about. That you can get certain characteristics like according to this DNA, that person's probably tall. They're probably yeah. brunette. They're yeah. probably all these other things. Kind of like the genetic testing you Yeah, because what yeah. they're thinking is that – Based off of all of this, it was probably someone she knew, mm. whether it was someone she knew, like if they were robbing her ex-boyfriend that she still kind of was in that circle yeah. or it's that if they can, it's like, okay, that sounds like the ex-boyfriend. That sounds like they're hoping to get some information from all of that because otherwise it's just this kind of far-fetched story that mm-hmm. has some credence in things that happen r- regularly. Yeah. Damn. And it's unsolved. Unsolved? Yep. And that happened in 2012? Honey Malone. Wow. And there's no – so they're just waiting for technology to kind they're of They're waiting for up. technology to catch up. They're waiting for eyewitnesses. So, like, yeah. if you Google, if you live in Stone Mountain, Georgia, and you know something, like, there's definitely still open poll lines to be like, hey, I heard this, I saw this. Or, you know, maybe you work with somebody now and they're saying something straight. Like, things bubble up years and years yeah, later definitely. down the line. Um, Do they not think the ex is a main suspect or the friend? No one's been charged. Like, no one's been charged. And they didn't have any priors with, like, drug dealing or anything like that? Nothing I could find. Wow. I feel like, 
I think you're right. I think it's a combination of them. I think it's like the drug dealing. I think they like say they were to get robbed. Yeah. And, and then they did text Honey to come over. Or maybe there was bad blood in there. And yeah. She, I don't know. Wow. And then they didn't have any guns associated with like the bullets that were. No, used but like her. who? Yeah. I, who are, are the mass like are the mass people in cahoots with mm-hmm. the ex-boyfriend, the roommate? Is everything they're saying true to their knowledge? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And then where can people go if they need a... Anyone with information regarding Honey's case is urged to contact Crime Stoppers Atlanta at 404-577-8577. Unsolved mystery. That's right. Thank you, Jackie. Um. All right. I don't know. We haven't really been taking breaks. I think I'm good. Break on through to the other side. <laughs> thank you i'm here all week <laughs> um again we definitely hi- highly recommend making this cocktail we Tasty. hope you're enjoying it them with us um all right murder time murder time murder time da, 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 murder time sorry okay so i'm gonna tell you about ira samuel einhorn aka the unicorn killer einhorn is finkel finkel is einhorn <laughs> Okay. <laughs> What's that from? That's from Ace Ventura. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dolphin one, right? Yeah, it's the yeah, dolphin one. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about okay. Ira. Ira is born on May 15th of 1940. Is Ira a man or a woman? Ira's a man. Okay. Ira's normally a man name, right? Cool. Yeah. Ira. I think Ira. I got confused Ira. by Irene. Yeah, no, this is definitely Ira. I'm going to cut that out. Ira's a man name. <laughs> no, you will not. If I have to mispronounce things, you have I'm to. I misgender names. Yes. Okay. So, Ira. He is born into a middle-class Jewish family. What year? 1940. Okay. But by the time he is in his 20s, he becomes a left-wing radical. Mm. He becomes a symbol. It's about the time for him to becoming a left-wing radical. The prime of the 60s time. in the New York. <laughs> um, he becomes a symbol and prominent figurehead of the youth-driven movement in the 60s that is opposed to America's involvement in the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. He is also known as, quote-unquote, Philadelphia's head hippie since he is a large, burly man with electric blue eyes and has an unkept beard and rarely takes showers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, he is a master of persuasion and he's able to network and win over many important and famous people to rally behind his cause of freedom and peace. He kind of self-proclaims himself as the prince of flower power and the guru, guru of peace and love. Um, some of his supporters call him the unicorn, which Einhorn in German is the word for unicorn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So leading intellectuals of Philadelphia and America admire and respect Ira's opinion and cause. Um, Ira does very well at the University of Pennsylvania, and he also becomes friends with authors Allen Ginsberg and Jack Kerouac. 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 And he also hangs out with celebrities including Isaac um, Asimov, Peter Gabriel, and Yuri Geeler. Asimov is a uh, philosopher writer? Peter Peter Gabriel is a uh, musical artist. Okay. And what was the last one? Yuri Geeler. Don't know. All right. Um, and he also hangs out with the Yippie crowd, called, uh, a.k.a. the Youth International Party. Um, and he also hangs out with the, their founders. Abby he's a hobnobber. He's yeah. hobnobbing. Yeah, he's hobnobbing. Um, so he's hanging out with the founders, Abby Hoffman and Jerry uh, Rubin. Um, he's also partaking in... Smoking a little marijuana, taking mm. some LSD. It's the time. And just living that free loving lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, he also loves the corporate side of things, though. And they love him, too, because he has a knack for predicting future market trends and things like computer science to quantum physics to new age management, which is kind of kind of yeah. the flip side there. Yeah. Um, Ira is considered... Sounds like a real boomer. <laughs> uh, he's considered very intelligent. He's an avid reader, and he has this unique way of influence, influencing people. He sells blueprints of the future to Fortune 500 company CEOs, convincing them that their money could save the world through ecological awarenesses. Hmm. Yeah. He is a speaker at the very first... Earth Day rally. There we ding, go. Ding, 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 ding. 
in 19... Your ties are always so obscure. Oh, God. It's just like I'm amazing or something. I will give... Like, you... <laughs> we battled about this yeah. many episodes mm-hmm. ago. Yes. And I will wholeheartedly concede... Yay! ...that your ties are da-na, far more impressive than mine. Da-na. Honey was good, though. And mine, you had flora, too. Mine are mine are obvious. And yours are these... Earth days are obvious. No, but they're buried in the line of your store. You get that it's How different. How does she do it? I don't know why I compliment <laughs> you. It doesn't... Hats aren't going to fit your head. Woo! <laughs> God, how did I get into this door? <laughs> but I do. Here's the thing about. Yeah. I know I'm a bragger and I'm this big ridiculous personality. Yeah. But I feel like the 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 opposite to the the what allows for that mm-hmm. is that I do feel like I only give genuine compliments. Yeah. And I'm just also going to include myself in the compliments. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> definitely. I think we. I'm both... not gonna leave myself out, but I'll recognize <laughs> good things. I think we both have a very healthy sense of healthy is debatable, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I don't know. It's there's flip sides. People, everyone should be full of themselves, and then we're all on the same plane. Yay, yay! Because <laughs> we're all amazing. Yes. If you're listening to this, you're amazing. All right. Who is kind? <laughs> Who is smart? <laughs> oh my god! All right, so. He's speaking at the first Earth Day. Earth Day in 1970 in Philadelphia, and he claims to everyone that will listen that he created Earth Day. So, oh, okay. <laughs> you going to get a, a picture here? It's a little braggadocious. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, other people are disputing this. Well, here's here's what I'll say. Yeah. Based off just this part of the story. Mm-hmm. He's a speaker at Earth Day. Yeah. Someone invited him to speak One at... One speaker. Yeah. Someone invited the, him to speak at this event that they pre-planned. Mm-hmm. You didn't invent this event. Mm-mm. Invent this event. Because <laughs> uh, Dennis Hayes, who's still the or- like the chairman of Earth Day Network, was the one who created this. Oh, we've got a guy who lives <laughs> in the clouds. <laughs> All right. So during this time, Ira is dating a woman named Holly Maddox, and they have been together for five years. Holly is a short, beautiful, blue-eyed former cheerleader. Um, She's a brilliant student at Brian Mauer College, and she's also very passionate about the women's liberation movement. Okay. So they're kind of in the same circles. Burning bras, talking about trees. Woo! Same in the earth. Yeah. So Holly is drawn to Ira because they're in the same circles. And yeah. He's for the peace his movement mind. and his charm. Yeah. His wily beard. <laughs> God, I love your stench. <laughs> <laughs> However, although an advocate of peace and nonviolence, Ira is physically abusive towards Holly. Yeah, I'm understanding who this picture that you're painting. Yeah. Um, Ira actually has a history of violence with previous women he has dated as well. Uh, He once smashed a soda can on one girlfriend's head, like a full one, just... What? He even attempted... Not like tricked them into trying to crush it on their own head. We've all seen those videos. Yeah. Um, He even attempted to strangle another girlfriend. So Holly eventually gets the courage to leave Ira and she moves to New York and she begins this relationship with this other man and Ira finds out and he calls Holly and he demands that Holly return to Philadelphia to come get all of her things. Otherwise, he's going to throw it out into the street. I watch enough court shows to know that's illegal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you just can't go doing that. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's the 70s. So who knows? Uh, so Holly leaves for Philadelphia on September 9th of 1977 to meet with Ira. And that's the last time I was going to say, we probably haven't seen her since. Yeah. We haven't seen Holly since then. So Holly goes missing and no one really thinks anything of it at first because Ira has many women come and go out of his life constantly, even when he was with Holly for those five years. Mm -hmm. Um, However, Holly's family starts to get worried when Holly doesn't call to wish her mother a happy birthday. Okay. So they call the police and they talk with Ira and Ira's like, I don't know. I haven't seen Holly. Yeah. We, we broke up. We broke up. And so the case just goes cold. Hmm. And after a couple of months, Holly's family like is like, this isn't acceptable. We need answers. Yeah. So they hire some private detectives. In the meantime, 18 more months goes by. Okay. And Ira continues with his life. He's going on speaking tours and he's taking a semester long fellowship at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. He's just out there doing yeah. his best life if you will um however by 1979 the private investigators get 
enough circumstantial evidence to give the police enough probable cause to obtain a search warrant for Ira's apartment on March 29th of 1978. How many years have elapsed? Uh, It's about 20 months. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so this evidence... Like it's a baby. It's almost two years. <laughs> I have a 20-month-old. <laughs> uh, don't make me do math. Uh, this evidence includes Ira asking some friends to help dispose of a trunk containing no. what he said were secret documents. Ira's unwillingness to cooperate with the police investigators and... Would you... Can I... yeah. Interruption. No, go... Oh, sure. Okay. You've done so well. <laughs> I'm getting I'm trying. So it's different because we're ladies. People aren't gonna ask us for brute strength very often. Mm. But let's pretend. Do you have a truck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like let let's say someone asks you to help them move something heavy. Uh-huh. And it's super heavy. And they're not moving from their apartment. It's just one piece of furniture. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not questioning at all? Like I would make the joke like Again, we have a murder podcast, so we're different people. What do you got? Ten dead bodies in here? But, like, I would be making the joke, and I'd kind of, like, in a joking fashion, you got to open that trunk for me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm joking about it, but you got to open it up. <laughs> I got to know what I'm moving. I got I to gotta make sure I'm not a conspirator. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'd, I'd make light of it. It would be all in levity, but, like, you're going to open it. Damn. Or I'm not helping. All right. Well, if I ever have something to move. I'm not moving a body. All my friends know, don't involve me in your crimes. I'll rat you out. What if I got a bunch of, you know, I got conned into a pyramid scheme of dildos. (laughs) (laughs) Which is ridiculous. (laughs) And I had a box of these toys that I had to push onto other people. And like if I. That somebody burned. (laughs) (laughs) That whole. From start to finish. That's a great story. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, what if I don't want to open What's that box? What's your point? Oh, you <laughs> don't. <laughs> what if I have a trunk of dildos? Okay. I feel like. But if I'm helping you move, you would laughingly be like, oh, this is a trunk of dildos. You wouldn't even have to ask me. I'd open that shit. I I'd know. I'd have it open ready for you. Dildos out. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anywho, besides my d- box of dildos. Yes. I just. That's that's my whole thing. Whenever. Yeah. Because that seems to come up in these stories all the time. Yeah. So, this evidence includes Ira asking some friends to d- help dispose of a trunk containing what he said were secret documents. Ridiculous. Um, Ira's unwillingness to cooperate with police investigators. You know. Seems like a standard sign. Um, and then we have a downstairs neighbor of Ira's mm-hmm. saying that there's a dark liquid with a no. terrible smell leaking, leaking through from Ira's apartment into their kitchen. And that they had heard a blood-curdling scream and several sharp thuds around the time of Holly's So these are three of three why we're investigating yeah. Ira. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're not ignoring these things. Yes. But it's 20 months later. What's the deal? What kind of shitty-ass landlord isn't dealing with this <laughs> dark, seeping... Leak. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe it took 20 months for the seep to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. I'll allow for that. Okay. So Detective Mike Chitwood takes the lead searching ira's apartment and they find holly's suitcase in a wardrobe mm, with her handbag good. driver's license and social security card in the same wardrobe he also finds a trunk with holly's body inside pause they weren't helping him move this trunk out of his apartment no, no. I think he called them to try to be like, hey, you should help me with this trunk. And Fred is like, nah, man, I got a baseball game to go to, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. No one ever helped him. No one ever helped him. So he just has this trunk in his house. Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Yes. Yes. So now <laughs> I know where this drip is coming from. Yes. How in the world? Go ahead with your story. I don't well, even... What was your question? How in the world... Do you kill someone? Mm-hmm. Put them in a trunk. Uh-huh. Push it into a closet. Uh-huh. And then continue to sleep And then next just to it? live your life. And he's doing he's doing tours, he's doing speaking tours, he's doing the Harvard first, fellowship. First of all, let's just think of the standard logistics. Yeah. It smells horrible. Mm-hmm. You have the fear of being caught and you have the most evidence of evidence. Yes. These seem like two very strong factors to do something different than what he did. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He's, there's a screw loose. Not the normal murdered someone screw loose, but like an extra screw. Another screw? Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you about what he did with her body. He wrapped, or we don't know, we don't know. Someone wrapped her in styrofoam, newspapers, and air fresheners. <sighs> her decomposing body is partially mummified and the remains weigh only 37 pounds. Wrapped her in styrofoam, like packing material styrofoam? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, like, packed in newspaper and packed in a bunch of, a bunch of air fresheners as they were going. That's like cologne on a stinky dude. Yes. Axe. Just. So a post-mortem reveals that Holly had suffered trauma to the head and her skull was smashed in several places as a result. However, the position of the body and the size of the trunk meant that she had actually been alive and semi-conscious when placed in the trunk and had died trying to claw her way out. This is a twisted story. Yeah. Upon his arrest, Ira reportedly shrugged indifferently and said, You found what you found. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's... (laughs) Allegedly, Uh he's guilty. Uh Uh, He was charged with murder, as Pennsylvania has no degrees of murder. So they're just like, we're going to charge you with murder. State to state is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, good on you, state. And then other times you're like, what? How is that how you do it? Yeah. And this is like, I don't know. It could have changed by now, but like back in the day. Back then. Yeah. No degrees. So Ira is represented by the notorious defense attorney, Arlen Spector, which to me, he was a notorious, but back then I guess he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he later, uh, Arlen, uh, Arlen Spector later became a senator and he served on the infamous Warren Commission. And we, oh, and was that's the, why he's infamous. And was the author of the single assassin slash crazy bullet theory used to explain the assassination of uh, JFK. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Spector successfully argues for bail, which is set at $40,000. Which is crazy because it is unheard of for bail to be granted in a murder case. Is that true? Back then, yeah, in Pennsylvania. How much is forty grand back then? Still not, a good amount. Not that fucking much. <laughs> and so, because to post bail, you only have to post ten percent of it. And so oh, I was yeah, yeah. just like, "Well, I don't have the money, but my good friend Barbara Brofan does." Who's Barbara, you ask? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> she is a Montreal uh, socialite who is married into the wealthy. Seagram's Distillery family. Oh. And she pays Ira's bail. So, <laughs> Ira's released on bail, and he's telling everyone that he's innocent. He starts claiming that the murder is a conspiracy by the CIA or the FBI who want to discredit him and halt his political activities. Mm-hmm. Then, on January 21st of 1981, Ira skips bail, and on the eave of the pre-trial hearing... Are we surprised? Disappears. Yeah. No. Oh, he's gone? Yeah. To this day, is he in the wind? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Thus begins this huge international pursuit. So the assistant district attorney, Richard Benedetto, is put onto the case. And lucky for him, Ira leaves behind 60 handwritten journals about his life. And the district attorney is just like, mm, boom, boom, I got you, Ira. And makes yeah, this like, I super know you. detailed profile on mm-hmm. him. Uh, in 1985, Ira... Because this guy's obsessed with himself. Yes, yes. That so, will be your that will be your undoing. <laughs> Ira is traced to Dublin, Ireland, where he's living under the name of Ben Moore. However, there were no extradition papers in effect, and Ira flees Dublin once he realizes they are on to him. From there, Ira travels throughout the UK, crossing the English Channel, and at some point he enters the continental uh, Europe. So, in 1993, they still haven't caught Ira, so the Philadelphia court decides to try Ira in absentia. So in absentia. Oh, there you go. So, they're trying him without him being there, essentially, um, which is kind of on this gray line because you, you yeah. want to give people the right to d- defend them. Correct. But he's, but he's also fleeing. He's fleeing, so... Um, because and to color both sides, you could flee because you don't feel like you're going to get a fair trial. Like you could be innocent and flee, mm-hmm. less likely, but you could be innocent and flee. Yeah, and, or uh, you could be guilty and flee, which is how everyone views it. Yeah, and so the the main push for getting this through is a lot of the witnesses and evidence um, is about to expire. Everything's timing pe- out. People are people are starting to die. Like yeah, people and um, Holly's family are starting to die. So Ira is convicted of murder and sentenced to life imprisonment while he's gone 
So then in 1994, uh, the defense attorney learns that um, Ira's benefactor, Barbara, who set bail for him, has, oh, been, yeah. has been financing his escape. However, Barbara... You're going to get in trouble for that. Yes, yeah. She's Canadian. Mm-hmm. So America's mad at a Canadian, so now you got this international stuff at got play. Got Justin Bieber involved. It's oh, whole yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, Barbara has a change of heart, and she tells police Ira's Stockholm address. Uh, so the address is under the name Annika Falden, who's Ira's wife. Mm-hmm. So he gets married while he's in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, on June 13th. I'm not surprised and- by any of this. <laughs> on June uh, 13th of 1997, um, Ira is um, arrested in a mill house outside of Champagne-Mouton, France. Yes. Uh-huh. Oui. Uh, but the French courts refused to extradite him. Citing an extradition treaty between France and the United States, which mm-hmm. says that either country may refuse extradition if it finds that the defendant may not get a fair trial. Isn't that what's holding up uh, what's-his-face? Uh, I told you about the Sharon Tate murders, mm-hmm. and I can't think of his goddamn name. He's a director, Roman Polanski. Uh-huh. Roman Polanski ran away to France because he was facing uh, raping a 13-year-old uh. charges here in the U.S. Yeah. He's like this famed... Famed director. Everybody thinks he's amazing. You have all these actors like, leave him alone. He should come back to America. But he can't come back to America and France won't extradite him because he faces very serious charges when he gets back. Yeah. Ugh, that's yeah. So I think I feel like France is sometimes they are like, no. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think they're just trying to because like they don't have the death penalty and we do and they just. I know. It's it's a it's. Two countries with very different, different philosophies. Mm-hmm. And I understand them being like, I'm not going to send them back if you're going to do it in a way that we don't agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they, bo- stick, they stick to their guns about it. Yeah. I get both sides. Um, so, again, France is like, I don't think he's going to f- get a fair trial. So we're not going to send him back to you. Which I think he would get a fair trial. No. Because he was found guilty. Without him being there. Without That's going to stand. Yes. Yeah, so that's going to found. He's found guilty without a chance of a new trial. Do you agree with France's standpoint a little bit? I, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. Yeah, from. I totally get that. I'd they, send him back if I'm like, if he gets a trial, I'll send him back. So so France is like, we're not going to send him back because we don't agree with you. So France releases Ira back to his wife. So just six days later. And she's I, like, cool, you murdered someone. You got all these other ladies. In, like, no, she's everything like, will be normal she's and fine like, at cool, home. cool, I don't care. Come back with me. Hmm. <laughs> so just six days later, a new law passes in Pennsylvania. Under the law, any American fugitive caught in a country where extradition is denied on account of a previous, how do you say it? In absentia. There you go. Conviction may, when returned to the United States, be granted a new trial. And this law was going to be retroactively applied to Iris case. They want him back. They want him back. They are trying. They're like, okay, France, we see what you're saying. We'll do this for you. All right. So Iris rearrested in France in September of 1998. The bill was, however, criticized as being unconstitutional. Is it? The allegation being that the legislature cannot overrule a final judgment handed by a court. I don't know that that's true. I think the legis- we have different branches of government for a reason. Mm-hmm. So Ira's attorneys tried to use this fact to get French courts to deny the extradition again on grounds that the law would be inapplicable. However, on February 18th of 1999, a French court agreed to extradite Ira to the U.S. In a desperate attempt to delay his extradition on July 12th of 2001, Ira publicly attempts to slit his throat in front of television cameras. Although he suffers little damage. Yeah. Since he uh, used... I'm I'm not surprised by that. He used a butter knife. Yeah. I'm not surprised. There's... I'm irritated by Ira. All right. So the trial itself is relatively straightforward. The prosecution amassed a body of circumstantial evidence against Ira, including the courts found in his apartment. They also led him in cross-examination to read large portions of his diaries, which gave insight to his violent and womanizing character. The de- surprise they allowed that, but biggest because they found it at the scene of the crime. Yeah. Uh, the defense tried to ploy um, of having the trial dismissed as the Einhorn Law was unconstitutional, arguing that the law violated the pr- uh, protection against, quote, unquote, double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. But the judge refused to hear it's arguments. not really double je- They're mean- giving you a fair shake. Mm-hmm. They're arguing that he's being tried again. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is offering a real trial. Yeah, yeah. For they're him kind to of saying there. do-over. So you get a mulligan. Yeah, yeah. Because you get to be there and defend yourself, yeah. actually. Yeah. 
so the judge is like, mm, I don't want to hear that shit. Uh, we're going to, it's, you know. Yeah. Fine. We're just going to let this play out. The defense also tried to introduce a reasonable doubt that Ira had committed the murder, claiming that he had sent out, oh, sorry, claiming that he had been out of the apartment for several months in 1978 and that it was possible for the body to have been sneaked in to frame their client. Definitely possible. Yeah. Ira. Happens all the time. (laughs) Ira, when asked to enter his defense, claimed that he had been framed by the CIA or KGB. Oh, yeah, because they don't like his political Mm -hmm. stance. Which, Uh, sometimes our government's crazy. (laughs) But I'm going to err more on the side of common sense than conspiracy theory on this one. After only four weeks, on October 17th of 2002, a jury found Ira guilty of the murder of Holly. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. He is currently incarcerated at Holt State Prison in Pennsylvania. Um, That's the end of my murder. Mm -hmm. In case you are curious... Stephen Levy uh, did a study in 1988 called The Unicorn Secret, Murder in the Age of Aquarius. In the age And it's just of him going through all his di- diaries, like just going oh, through and like dissecting every part dove. of it. He dove. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to know about more about that, that's that. Otherwise, that was Ira for you. Wow. Yeah. Good story. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Just before, like he fled. He was gone. For, like, 16, 17 years. Yeah. He was on the run. Oh. I mean, in true fashion, he annoyed me many times. <laughs> um, You guys, that's been another week of Killer Cocktails. But before we wrap up, because mm-hmm. we're trying to get more of a, a, a spine to this podcast. Yeah. An outline, if you will. We're going to talk about what we've been watching, listening, or reading to. So, what do, what do, what's up, Jaggy? I have, I'm very early into the one that you're going to recommend, so I'll let you speak to it. Okay. Um, Because you've listened to more of it than I have, but I've enjoyed what I've heard so far. And um, I started watching New Girl. Dude. Wait, have you never seen it? I feel like I watched it a long time ago, but not a ton of it. So I'm just enjoying this like little Netflix binge of a silly show. Dude, New Girl is amazing. Like... I love it. Nate loves it from work. Like he'll no he can way. go shut it down. Like he knows all the quotes. Like Kyle's super into it. Like uh, Phil's super into it. It hits everybody. It hits everybody because it's silly. It's silly. It's very it's silly. silly. The writing is amazing. Mm-hmm. Sh- they're all just really happy. So yeah, if you need so. a good happy show. New girl. Yeah, definitely. And then what's the podcast you're listening to? It's the one that you're listening to. Go Root of Evil. Um, I finished it. Kimmy recommended this. Kimmy recommended this. It's insane. If you ever wanted closure on the Black Dahlia case, I feel like I have closure. I think I know who did it now. Um, it, it it can be very triggering. There um, is talk of incest and molestation and rape. Um, so definitely know that going into it. But, man. You if just, you work at the Gap, don't throw it on over the loudspeaker. <laughs> yeah, don't do this on the loudspeaker. It's just you get insight into various different cases all coming together. And you're like, oh, my God. This is who killed the Black Dahlia. You feel like they've presented enough evidence that if you were a jury, mm-hmm. that's where I'll get into a thing. Oh, where yes, like, I'll yes. feel like I'll watch Making a Murder. I'll like watch or listen to podcasts or, or documentaries where I'm like, the, the narrative framed it in a way where like, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you talk to people, I'm always hesitant to say I feel 100% one way because it's different than if you were a juror and you're presented all this information. Yeah. But do you feel like they've presented it in a way where it's kind of like, Pretty cut and dry. 100%. You've got a bunch of different stuff where you feel pretty confident. Definitely. And then just so everyone knows, the Black Dahlia is the name given to this case. Mm -hmm. The victim was Elizabeth Short. And I think that should be known and remembered, definitely. Yeah. Um, But yeah, go check out Root of Evil. It is binge-worthy, but very intense. So kind of balance that out with New Girl, maybe. Sounds like a good balance. Yeah. Um, Jackie, I've been watching... The Act oh. and Mommy Dead and Dearest on HBO. I've had both those things recommended to me and I have not dove in yet. So this is the case about Gypsy Rose. And um, The Act is kind of like a made-for-TV, like, episodic show. Okay. And it's, like, slowly coming out on Hulu. And that's amazing. And then I started watching the documentary on HBO, The Mommy Dead and Dearest. And just the way the actress in the act is playing the character like she's has the choices on. she's making are yes. yeah yeah and like even though it's like this is based on true events a lot of them coincide with each other like uh-huh. i think they do a, they're pretty they, true they're doing to the story. a really good job yeah and it's just like this mother who got um munchausen 
or mm-hmm. Munchausen by proxy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's intense. Like the, the way, like you see the love for her daughter, but the way that she's abuse, abusing her daughter and that, that she's like taking her to get excessive surgeries and just pretending that she has Is, all these am diseases. I Am I on base by saying Munchausen, so there's a... There's abuse involved every time, mm-hmm. but it's also, there's an attention seeking mm-hmm. to it. Yes. That you're getting attention for. Yeah. Oh, your oh, poor woes, sick kid. Yeah. Woes me, woes you. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. And then there's just like a twist at the end with Gypsy and her mom. Um, mm. So definitely watch either of those or read more into the case because okay. it's, it's crazy intense. And then we actually have a, a listener our fan white underscore underscore rabbit not to be confused with white underscore rabbit on instagram i got her permission um she has the funniest like show notes they are hilarious <laughs> she's like we're kind of watching it together i don't know how this happened we started watching it together i think she recommended it to me and then she was like a little bit ahead of me so she would go through and her watch episode it. synopsis Jesus, i haven't seen any of it and so i just because i read it because it was sent to us yeah Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to convince her to do her own little blog or whatever to do that. She's Um, very funny. Thank you for entertaining me. Um, Your notes are amazing. And, yeah. So, if you guys um, wanted more recommendations, there you are. Um, Check out The Act, Mommy Dead and Dearest, The Root of Evil, and New New Girl. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) To kind of balance out all the the dead stuff. All the murder. Um, As always, guys, thank you for listening. And we totally appreciate you guys. We got some fun stuff in store for you. And we'll check you out next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus. And we'll be back next week on Hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> um, hey guys, welcome back to another week of Killer Cocktails. I was breathing out while you said that. I made a, I made a, a nose laugh. <laughs> okay. You yeah. got a good laugh. Don't let, don't let anyone tell you you got a good, you got a good laugh. No, Kyle says I have the pirate laugh because I go, Well, you have like four different, four to five different laughs, but you got a good laugh. When you get me, you get me good.